Jason Birdies. Oh, man. I love that intro, huh? Yep. Adam What's Schwinn. up, bud? Hey, bud. I mean, I haven't seen you in a, in, a, in a minute. In a minute. I mean. How you doing? Yeah, we yeah, good, bud. We had a nice little lunch with the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fun. We had a couple beers. They smashed each other with grilled cheese. Yep. Dude, that Italian hoagie. I don't know about you guys out there, but like a good Italian hoagie. You cannot beat a good Italian hoagie. And that place had a killer Italian hoagies. Um, so we're back in the saddle today. Another episode of Chasing Birdies. Thanks for listening. And here we are. And I don't know what we want to talk about right now. The, the banter session was okay. I, I think that we could have let go a little bit more. But you know what? It's tough because you can't. Our platform right now is so big. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell everybody where we are on, on the old podcast list right now, boys? Hey, guys. I mean, first off, we started this March 4th, all right? And this is kind of like a fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've moved up 16 spots to number 40 in Golf Listen Podcast. That's awesome. And that's that's all across the Apple, Spotify platforms. That's everything. So mm-hmm. that's not bad. No. So our, our goal is top 15 mm-hmm. come Jan 1, 2022. Well, I tell you, we keep doing what we're doing. And you guys out there, we get we get messages, we get thumbs up. I mean, we rarely get a thumbs down, but every now and then we like a thumbs down because we can't get complacent here. Um, but to be inside or at top forty of all all time golf podcasts and trending upwards, dude, we jumped sixteen spots. I mean, give me some of that, huh? But that's not bad. That means we were fifty sixth. But if so- there's ever a podcast like award ceremony. And we get nominated, boys, and we have to go. I'm wearing there. cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Oh, bud. Uh, guaranteed. Ketchup stain. The boys did it out of a kitchen. Literally. But So anyways, enough patting our own back. Yeah. It's, it's not classy. But the, the banter session went well. The Sam Bettinardi interview was awesome. Oh, my God. Um, okay, the Sam Bettinardi episode is our first episode we did in person mm-hmm. and it's gotten incredible uh, positive feedback. We had a little bit of a technicality issue there the day of the drop on the 19th. If y'all don't, well, maybe you didn't notice, but the episode didn't drop until like 10 o'clock. Uh, we all make mistakes in life. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but we were getting these messages, dude, your episode's not out yet. What's up? What's up? What's up? So a little technicality issue on the back end. It was fixed. Um, and so, yeah, it was a great hit, a really great hit. And today we're, uh, you know, shifting back to a little bit of our roots now. We're getting back into the NHL with our guest today, Ryan Callahan, and uh, Olympian, or I'm sorry, former Team USA. So, yeah, Olympian, yeah, though. Olympian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bud. Um, glad you paid attention. But, um, yeah, long NHL career, Olympian. I mean, the closest I ever came to the Olympics watching it, so it's not bad. No, uh-uh. um, and you, yeah. What are you going to be in the Olympics for? Cigar smoking, which you should probably cut that off. So, yeah, Ryan Callahan, uh, awesome dude, loves his golf. Uh, mm. You know, again, that's the common denominator for a lot of these hockey guys. They love their mm-hmm. golf, and in the off season, and 
so yeah, it was fun to fun to chat with him about that. A little bit of Olympic talk, mm-hmm. uh, and um, the, you know he won a silver medal. Uh, lost to Canada when Sidney Crosby scored that game-winning goal in overtime mm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a silver medal to show for, and that's pretty cool. I mean, and again, he talks about how it was hard for him to look at that uh, yeah. medal for a long time because of losing it in the gold medal game. But now he's come to grips, and it's pretty cool to have a, a silver medal in, in your yep. hands. Loving golf, loving life, doing good things in life, too, with his – charity charity there um so we uh we had a lot of success with the uh, nhl realm and we're we're happy to bring it back to you again with another former nhl player and ryan callahan so let's get this baby rolling right now and we hope y'all enjoy this episode of chasing birdies as you all know by now chasing birdies is proud to be partners with holderness and born check them out online at hbgolf.com Holderness and Born makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to ChasingBirdies.com to get some custom Chasing Birdie gear from Holderness and Born. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's ChasingBirdies.com and Holderness and Born at HBGolf.com. Hey, welcome back, guys, for another episode of Chasing Birdies. And, uh, man, our guest today not only can chase birdies, but, boy, has he chased a lot of pucks in his career. Captain, Olympian. I mean, he's done it all. There's a lot there. Uh, and anyone with the name Ryan, is he's a good man by me. So uh, Ryan Callahan joins us today, uh, former Ranger. Ryan, how you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No, man, we appreciate your time. We know it's valuable, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, so Absolutely. you you uh, got drafted 127th overall in 2004 by the Rangers, which that has to be a – I mean, I, I assume that you were a Rangers fan growing up, being from Rochester, New York. Yeah, it was uh, – actually, being from Rochester, I was a big Sabres fan growing up. Okay. And, mm-hmm. uh, just down I-90, not far from me. So I used to go to one or two games a year with my dad and brother and stuff. But I think being drafted by the Rangers probably – second best to that just being an original six team as you said i think anybody who lives in new york state is roots for the rangers as well i I always cheered for them as well um so to be able to be picked up by them i think that was kind of a a dream come true just being such such a historic organization i think is the biggest thing you know and uh, i couldn't have been more excited in the first year i was eligible for the draft i got passed up and and nobody selected me so i was just happy to go the second year and it was the rangers so it was a cherry on top so was that a little bit of a chip on your shoulder for the second year? You know, that little gap there, work a little bit harder, prove them wrong type thing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that first year I was up playing junior hockey in Canada and my first draft eligible year, I, I didn't have that great of a year as my first year up there in Canada. I kind of just getting used to the league, wasn't, you know, wasn't a star player. And then that following year, I, I was more comfortable. We ended up winning the championship that year and obviously was, was more recognized and, Luckily, went the draft that year. Well, yeah, I mean, and and here's my question, not because I'm, I might be ignorant to this, but not even from New York. But is there any type of perception out there amongst players and or fans that hey, maybe the Rangers are superior to the Islanders, or is that not really anything that anyone really pays attention to? Oh, I mean, that that, that rivalry is real. There, there's definitely there's definitely no question about that. Obviously, my opinion, I think they definitely are 
superior to the Islanders. That's right. You know, just for my, my, my time there, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm not going to make too many fans of that. I think Islander fans already don't like me, so I'm okay with that. But right. But yeah, I mean, that, that rivalry is real, real. I remember we, we play them in the regular season. You know, in the game wouldn't mean much, you know, obviously two points, but you talk to fans afterwards, they're like, oh, you know, we could have lost four in a row and beat the Islanders. And they'd be like, thank you so much for beating the Islanders. You know, mm-hmm. that was a great game. And like, well, we just lost four in a row. They're like, yeah, it's okay. You beat the Islanders, you know. So, it's, I mean, <laughs> that rivalry in New York is, is, is very intense. It's very much like the Pittsburgh-Philly uh, rival. Uh, exactly rivalry yep. as well so i mean it's very intense and they don't the players don't like each other and the fans hate each other so yeah i remember we used to we used to play in that old coliseum that they're their last year and they're right now on the island right so it's just a real small little bar dump. yeah basically but the crowd is, is right on top of you right it's loud in there and i remember the third period literally you just look in the stands and it just fights with you know you hear roaring you look up and there's a brawl in the 300 section you hear mm-hmm. you hear noise and the two of you look over there's a fight there you could just watch the fights in the crowd the whole third period it was it was a good atmosphere in there that's for sure so what was the atmosphere like playing for the rangers i mean again madison square garden big city bright lights you are under the microscope it's almost a little bit of a you're not in canada obviously but it's you they know everything about you yeah it's it, it was definitely different. I, I think I, I was lucky enough as that's where I started. So that's all I knew mm-hmm. if that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, so um, going into the league and obviously eventually becoming captain there. Like, I mean, people ask me like, what about the media attention and the attention? I'm like, yeah, I didn't know any, but I didn't know anything different. So I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, that's kind of how it was. And then, you know, so I was okay with it. It's kind of how I grew up, you know, realizing that, you know, everything you do and every move you make, someone's going to be watching or, you know, you're going to have that media attention around you. And then I got traded to Tampa. And I remember my first, my first game in Tampa. I'm sitting in the locker room after the game. And, you know, in New York, usually all the media comes comes flying in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 15, 20 people, cameras, everything. And so sitting there, there's like maybe two or three reporters, uh, no cameras. And I'm like, so I said, uh, it was uh, Phil Pillow sitting next to me. I said, you know, is the, is the guy stuck in the elevator? Like, where's the rest of the media? <laughs> right. You know, because – he looks at me, he starts laughing, he goes, nope, he goes, this is it. I'm like, holy cow. So yeah, it's a lot easier, right? I realized the difference real quick, you know, once I, once I got to Tampa. And I think it'd be tougher to go from a team like that, you know, to New York when, when you're used to that. But like I said, that's kind of how I, I grew up and what I knew. So it didn't make a difference to me. Well, and that's the crazy thing right now with, you look at the NHL, and it's a very young league right now. And these 18, 19-year-old kids, 20-year-old kids come into the league and they handle the media gracefully, yeah, perfectly. So well. I mean, it's it's really cool to watch uh, how mature these kids are, and and I feel like a lot of that too is the social media aspect of it. You didn't really have to worry about that when you were in New York. That's a whole other animal. Yeah, and thank God. You know, I see what goes on in social media, and it was towards the end of my career that you know the whole social media craze started. But I I couldn't imagine you know being in New York and having that scrutiny and like you said, everything you do, every move you make is on social media, the critics and everything. So I stayed off that as long as I could right? Uh, just, to, just to try to ignore it. But yeah, I was very lucky. When I was a young kid, that, that wasn't around. So well, I didn't it, have to worry about it. And a lot of these media members, they're gutless. They go after your family, your family member. I mean, your kid, it's just, there's no, there's no end to it with them. Yeah. And- there's, there's, there's definitely some of them there that's, uh, they, they, they don't hold back, but yeah, it's, it's tough to deal with. 
Yeah. So you get traded for her, uh, Martin St. Louis, which is, I mean, that's obviously a hall of famer right there and, and unbelievable career. What was that? Did you know you were getting traded? Was it unexpected? What happened when you got dealt? Yeah. So I was, I was in a contract year with, with New York. We were, going through negotiations all year and mm-hmm. uh we couldn't we couldn't get to a number it kind of got a little bit ugly there towards the end with us and you know the way it was going and about a week before the trade deadline we actually agreed to a number but they wouldn't they wouldn't give me a no trade or a no move clause and i had, had a young family at the time and you know through the negotiations you know i knew they were trying to shop me a little bit and everything else i'm like i'm not going to sign this because I might sign this contract without the no trade and they might mm-hmm. ship me somewhere that I'm stuck wherever they send me for six years, you know? So mm-hmm. when they wouldn't give me that, I, I realized, um, there's like two, th- two, three days before the trade deadline. I'm like, you know, it's probably a good chance I'm going somewhere. And it was still a shock. Uh, I was still surprised when I got traded, uh, to Tampa, you know, I, I could see it coming, but when it, when it actually happens and he's been replaced for that long, captain of the team, emotionally invested. I was, I was shocked. I was upset. Um, I didn't. I did not want to go, but yeah. you know, I got to. I got to Tampa, and I, I loved it. I, I fell in love with it right away. I mean, I was wearing flip flops, uh, t-shirt, shorts, <laughs> walking to the rink. I'm like, right. you know, we had a really good, really good young team at the time as well. So I, I fell in love with that city and that organization right away. And uh, that summer, I ended up resigning uh, for six years with uh, with Tampa. Yeah, their organization over the last, what, 12 years has really been impressive to watch. I mean, talent after talent, you got Stamkos, Hedman. There's so much talent on that team right now. And did you play with Stamkos? Was he there? When Yep, 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 yep. I played with uh, played with Stammer the whole time I was there. Yep, obviously unbelievable guy, good captain. Uh, me and him became, you know, very close, good friends, good friends now. So I was extremely excited last year when I got the chance to see him uh, See him finally win it after all the injuries mm-hmm. and everything he's gone mm-hmm. through to, to finally lift it. You know that was uh, that was pretty special. So did you play uh, in Tampa with our good friend JT Miller? I did, I did. Yeah, he was part of the the wave of New York players that that, that came over. It seemed like New York and Tampa opened up the floodgates trade wise. We we had Boiler, Strawman, McDonough, uh, me, um, and then obviously uh, as you said, Millsy came over as well. Wow. Um, you know, so I, so I played with him in New York and then I, I also played with him in Tampa. Yeah. He had mentioned that, uh, he drinks more Guinness, um, than you. So, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Guinness we, we had a couple challenges on the road. Don't worry. We, uh, we put that to the test a couple of times, but, but yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. We, we had some, uh, some memorable nights and, uh, yeah. some good days together. He had mentioned, uh, I think one memorable, oh, it could have been a couple memorable nights after you guys got swept in Tampa. He said that you guys, uh, had a good, good few nights there with, with the Guinnesses. So. Yeah, we did. Um, probably one too many, but, uh, Sometimes a bartender overserves you. I'm sure you guys right. have, uh, have, happens that, all have the time. had that as well, right? It Not happens. Your fault. It's, all, it's all on them. So <laughs> Exactly. What was your um, mood or expectation like or thought process when you found out in 2010 that you were named to Team USA for the uh, Winter Olympics in Vancouver? Yeah, um, absolutely thrilled. It was an unbelievable feeling to – you know, because I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know if I was going to make that team. I was kind of probably the, my guess is one of the last picks to, to get on that team. Um, so when I found out that 
you know, that I was going to be able to go to the Olympics and, you know, represent Team USA. It was, mm-hmm. it was overwhelming, the excitement. And the experience in Vancouver was unreal. My, all my family was there. So we, we'd practice in the morning. Then all afternoon, you'd walk around the city with your family, and it was just basically one giant party. Every bar was packed. Everybody was wearing their country's colors. Hmm. You know, Canada would win a bronze medal in some random sport, and you could, the whole city would, you know, go crazy. You could hear every bar screaming and yelling, and just the vibes around it was, was absolutely amazing. And then, obviously, we were lucky enough to get to the gold medal game, and we ended up losing it in overtime, unfortunately. But uh, at, at the time, I was like – you know, I was obviously disappointed. I, we wanted to win. And, you know, for a while, I, I wasn't really happy at all. Um, mm-hmm. About a month later, you know, I realized, you know what? I've got an Olympic silver medal and be able to show my kids this. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty special. So, it's, yeah, it was probably one of my, my favorite moments in my career is to be able to go over there and, and play in the Olympics. And then got to do it again in Sochi the following Olympics. And that <laughs> that experience wasn't quite the same as we were – we were stuck in the village, really nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they advised us for our families not even to go over there. And my family wasn't even there. Yeah, so it was definitely Weird. two different feelings the Olympics. But, I mean, obviously it was still cool to, to be there and represent your country. But, you know, as we – our village where we sat, we were right on – I believe it was the Black Sea. Um, and you could see in the distance of this, uh, you know, military boat that was there just in case things went bad. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got that. You had that happening, and you're like, you know what? Just, just had an uneasy feeling the whole, the whole, the whole right. time you were there. Yeah, a good buddy of mine that played on your team then was Paul Martin, and okay, yep. yeah, Paulie said the same thing. I think well, he got, hurt. I think he broke his hand in 2014. Um, he was there, but the same thing. His mm-hmm. family, he kept them away, and and uh, just a scary, scary time. And I mean. That's it. We just had JT on talking about the Olympics, and it's kind of they don't know. Or is the NHL going to play? Is there, are they not going to play? And I know the NHLPA is involved, and it's a little crazy of a time right now. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a shame. I'll be honest with you. Did not send the NHL players there. You know, obviously they didn't. They weren't going to go to the last Olympics, and it's just it's such a it's such an honor to be able to represent your country. It means more than hockey. Um, means more than a sport, um, yeah. you know, and you want the best players in the world over there. And, you know, to, to take, I, I was extremely lucky, obviously, to play in two of them. And to think about the, the young guys coming in now that would have a chance to grow and having that maybe taking away, taken away from them. Yeah, right? that's. I, I think it's a shame. I mean, I understand the business side of it with the money and the insurance and uh, everything else, but I, I just think it's a shame because it's it's quite a feeling to be able to put on that USA sweater and, and represent something way bigger than yourself or even way bigger than the sport of hockey. Yeah. Well, and like you said too, I mean, growing up as a hockey player, there's two things that you strive to get: a Stanley Cup and a gold medal. And you've Absolutely. basically yep. taken that away, uh, that second part away from for many of the, the NHL players, which, like you said, it, th- there's nothing like those games. you got the best talent in the world on the same ice. I mean, the fourth lines are first lines on most NHL games. <laughs> did, exactly. Was yeah. that Crosby? Crosby, uh, did he score the game winner in that game, Ryan? He, Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. I still have uh, nightmares. Him coming out of the corner, shooting it, and yeah, putting it in the net, yeah. So oh. um, he did. He, uh, he scored the winner there. 
you you've been you were in the league for a long time. In your mind, in the time that you played, who had the best work ethic, the hardest worker, uh, most talent? Would you say? I mean, I guess it's two different questions. You're talking about just the most talented player, and I, I probably would say Crosby is probably the most talented all-around player. Yeah. Mm. You know, I and McDavid, I think, is, is going to maybe challenge that. But, you know, I don't, I don't think he's there yet. But I, I would definitely put Crosby as the, the best player that I've, I've played against just in terms of everything he could do. I mean, he was very good defensively, good on face-offs. He could set his teammates up. He made his linemates way better than sometimes they should have been. You know, he could score goals, just an unbelievable leader as well. So he's probably the best player. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of, of, of work ethic, there's there's a lot of guys that probably stick out to me. I think one of them is, is Henrik Lundqvist and the way he worked, you know, the way he mastered his craft. He was a guy that, you know, was on the ice early, on the ice late, and, and you know, always trying to get better, working with the goalie coach there in New York. You know, he was he was a hardworking guy, but – I mean, at that level, there's a lot of guys that <laughs> put the hard work in and to get there, right? So yeah, it's hard to hard to point out one or two, but he pops in my head for probably a guy that 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 worked really hard at his craft and it showed on the ice for sure. Well, you know, talking to you right now, Ryan, it sounds like you would be a really good hockey analyst, and uh, from what I understand, uh, is there a rumor? Is it true you just got picked up by ESPN as a future analyst? Um, I can't uh, confirm or deny that. I guess you know it, it's uh, nothing's finalized there yet. But I've done stuff with the NHL Network, mm-hmm. and I've also done stuff with NBC these past year and a half now, and never enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was it keeps me in the game, right. uh, talking hockey, watching hockey. So I, I've had fun with it, and um, you know we'll see we'll see what comes next with it. That's I, awesome. I know in the few conversations that you and I have had, you know, you've formed a foundation with your wife. Uh, the Ryan Callahan Foundation. So do you want to kind of fill the listeners in a little bit about uh, your foundation, what it's doing, and how we can help? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, so when I got to Tampa, I, I signed a six-year deal there. Uh, we knew we were going to be in Tampa for a while, and my wife and I wanted to to give back and, and do something for the for the community there. And, you know, my, my, my wife lost a family member early on to pediatric cancer, and I've just through doing work in New York with, with, with kids with cancer. It's something that both of us held near and dear to us, to our hearts. And so it just started pretty simple. And we're having um, pediatric cancer families come to the game, sit in a suite. Um, we'd buy a suite. We'd bring a bunch of families in. And then after the game, they'd come down. I'd sign some autographs, take some pictures. And through meeting these families, we're like, we, we got to do more. Like, mm-hmm. These kids are amazing. These families need more, you know, money-wise, support. Uh, so through that, we, after that first year, we started the Ryan Callahan foundation, we got legalized, got our 501c3 and, and we expanded what we were doing. And, and we started what we called the two, four club, where it's almost like a make a wish style type of thing, where we were picking a family each month and sending them on vacation to a place where they wanted to go for, for the weekend. And, and our foundation is kind of geared towards family unity and spending time together away from the treatment center mm-hmm. uh, to make me- make memories that, you know, are, are going to last forever that, you know, not necessarily are, you know, cancer-related or, or, or at the treatment center. So we've also realized that siblings a lot of times, and rightfully so, is a lot of attention on the child who is sick, and the siblings don't get forgot about, but, 
you, you know, there's not as much care to them and they're not doing their sports that they usually do because everybody's at the hospital. Um, so family unity was a big thing for us. And as we kept going through the years, we also realized that a lot of these families and parents needed help financially because they were at the hospital so much, they were losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, just because your child has cancer doesn't mean your mortgage, your phone bill, your electrical bill, the need to work, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't go away and that doesn't stop. So we started branching out and doing a lot of financial help for these families, paying mortgages, paying gas bills for them to go back and forth to the hospital. So we've kind of touched in every little area and um, we just continue to grow. I mean, where we see needs, we, we jump in and try to help these kids and these families out. And That's if awesome. you want to help out, um, we go to ryancallahanfoundation.org to read up more about what we do, how we're helping. Can donate on there. It's uh, it's something that probably I'm most proud of in my career, even besides the hockey stuff. You know, it's just very rewarding to, to meet these kids and these families and see what they're going through and knowing that you know you're you're helping them out. So it's probably what I'm most proud of for the the 13 years I played in the NHL. Well, and now back to the social media. This is where it helps out. It gives you a platform. Not only have have you do you have a platform uh, playing in the NHL at two two of the biggest teams, Tampa and New York, but also uh, the social media aspect of it can kind of bring this to the forefront. So that's where this social media does help out. Absolutely. Yep. And that's uh, actually once we started our foundation is when I started my, my Twitter and, and everything else. So it kind of forced my hand to get in the social media game. Just to, like you said, reach more people, build right. more awareness. And that is a good thing about social media. It's a, it's a great avenue to, uh, mm-hmm. to reach people. Yep. That's so, great to hear, Ryan. I mean, that's that's really good stuff. And listeners, again, make sure you check out the website. You know, read up on it, and you know, maybe make a donation or figure out a way to help. It's good. It's good human cause. And that was Ryan Callahan Foundation dot com dot org dot yep. org. I'm Ryan sorry. Callahan Foundation dot org. Yep. Awesome. All right. So you just got off the golf course. How how'd you play today? Uh, I did okay. Not bad for me. I shot, uh, 80, 82 today, which right. is right. Usually right in my ballpark. There you go. I'm, uh, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a six handicap and, um, I guess that's a little high for me, but I played the, uh, I'm a member here at, in Rochester at Oak Hill. Oh, wow. And, uh, I, I played the championship course, uh, today. So I, I have my challenges with that. The rough, uh, rough's a little long sometimes you whacking right. through it. Yeah. Yeah, that that course looks beautiful. I've never played it, but and what's the strength of your game? Putting. Um, I, my short game actually has been uh, good. My drive, yeah. I think my drive is what hurts me. Yeah, I, I, I'm a long distance. I, I I hit it a ways, but I mean, I think that's probably most hockey players have a tough time <laughs> keeping it keeping it straight sometimes. But yeah, it's uh, I, I love it. I mean, I, I I love playing golf. I played since I was you know real young, and um, yeah, it's something I really enjoy doing. Well, you know what it is. It's that chase, and that's what we talk about on Chasing Birdies. I mean, we're out there chasing birdies, and, you know, you get through a round of golf. You might not be playing well. You come down to 18th hole. You hit a good shot, and guess what? You can't – you're already thinking about when you're coming back. I mean, that's golf. 100%, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, thinking about 18 today, I had a pretty close match with a buddy of mine I was playing and hit one a little right, and then – Kind of through the rough, didn't get all the way up. It's an elevated 18th green. I'm sitting at the bottom of it. I chip it past the hole, and I'm sitting on the fringe behind the hole, maybe 10 feet from the hole, looking downhill. He's putting two. He's about 20 feet away. He ends up three putting. I, I put mine off the fringe, 
hit the pin, drop it. No. Could have been better shots to, to win the match. So that's exactly, you're right. Right there, I was like, okay, when, when, we, when are we playing again? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what does it right there. That's, that's the best part about golf, too. I mean, you think about it, you were one of the most elite athletes for 13 years, and you still have the ability to play golf for the rest of your life with your children, with your best friends. I mean, there's very few things in this world that we can do with three other buddies that you really enjoy and travel the world with. So, Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, it's, a, it's an unbelievable sport. Well, and, and also the, the aspect of being outdoors. I mean, you know, COVID has done so well for golf in general. I mean, some of these guys we spoke to, even people that we know at their own clubs, I mean, their rounds are up. And I think that has a lot to do with, A, it is a – it is a game that's played outdoors and, and you can get away from the crammy crammy of being, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but what, I guess what I'm trying yeah, to say is, is one of the, one of the safe, one safe things you could actually do during this pandemic, yeah. right. Is be outside and uh, still be able to enjoy yourself on a golf course, basically. Right. Without having to worry about mm-hmm. the, all the restrictions and everything else. So how, yeah. how is the uh, member guest at Oak Hill? It's good. I mean, I, I probably like every other one. It's, it's, it's crazy, right? It's uh, crazy. There's, there's, there's nothing like member guests, right? So I'm, I'm excited for this year. Obviously, last year we didn't have one. Uh, this year we got one beginning of August. I got a buddy coming in from, from Nashville to play in it. And uh, there's nothing like member guests, right? I mean, at clubs, it's just wild. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we had a, one of our earlier podcasts, we, we called our buddy Eric, Eric Tangrady. I don't know if you know Eric. Um, I think yeah. he, played somewhere maybe in new york no yeah I, I, i've never played with him but i know who you're talking about yep but he's like you know everyone talks about their member guests as being the best member guests of all time <laughs> anywhere everywhere and that's so true i mean you just said it without even us having to say it i mean it's the best right and and i believe that well it's because it's you're with all these you're with 100 guys for three days just boozing smoking cigars and telling stories and and mm-hmm. uh if the, on Sunday, we're all fall, you know, divorces are being thrown our way because we didn't come home one night or whatever. So, yep. that's, uh, that's true. exactly right. You look for, you look forward to it all year, though. Right? Well, I mean, you, you, it ends on Sunday, and you're like, when's when's next year? Yeah, yep. what's the date? That's it. That's it. And I have the pleasure of playing with this guy to my right. You know, and all my member guests. So, so he's he a is, good, uh, he's a good friend, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, man, it's 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 definitely a good atmosphere at these member guests in New York. I mean, generally speaking, there are some. I I, I haven't played. Um, There's so much good golf. So much good golf. I mean, I played yeah, Winfoot, but um, what's that public Beth Page? Beth Page. I've not Beth played Beth Page. Yeah, yeah I've, I've actually I've I've not played Beth Page either. But but you're right. There is there is so many good courses in New York, and I was lucky enough, obviously, to be in Florida as well, playing for Tampa and. Same thing. I mean, courses everywhere. So we, we always used to sneak out when we could. And it's like, like when we were in Tampa, you'd see guys come in for the morning practice, right? And they'd be in their golf clothes. You knew exactly what they were doing when they were leaving <laughs> practice, you know? <laughs> like, where are, you, where are you playing today? Who's playing with you? You know, you could see four guys walking in with golf clothes. I was like, oh, we're going after practice. Uh-huh. <laughs> in the NHL, and, and that's an interesting thing, I think people think that these that the hockey players, that's all they do is hockey, that they don't have a life outside of hockey, but in the NHL, when you play in a warmer city, is it generally accepted on your off days or maybe after a practice, if you don't have a game the next day to go peg it up? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. I mean, it's, it's just a way to get away from it all too, right? I mean, you're thinking and playing hockey 24-7, you're going to get burned out, worn out. So if you have the luxury of living in a warm city where, you know, you can play golf in December and get away from the game a little bit and, you know, just get outside and clear your head, it's, it's definitely welcomed. And it's not frowned upon at all by, you know, coaches or the organization. It's, I mean, it's known. Everybody's, everybody's doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a, there's a run there with, like, talking about, you know, JT Miller, me, JT Miller, Hedman, and Stamkos. We were, when we'd fly into a city towards the end of, towards the end of the year, so cities were getting, not nice, but warm enough to golf, and we'd just find any Muni anywhere. We were flying into Detroit, we'd find a Muni, put on our winter hat, a, you know, sweatshirts, go rent clubs, and, and go play 18 holes. I mm-hmm, mean, yep. you know, that's, it's, uh, it's just something to do. Yeah, you can't beat it, and you know you just can't beat it. You can't beat it. Have you ever played any uh, golf in West Virginia? I have not. Nope. Oh man, we gotta we gotta get you down. Let me know when. I'm I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we'll try to try to link something up and maybe do something for the charity. But no, that's the beautiful thing about golf, man. It connects people. Like I, I don't have a gold medal, a silver medal, a red medal. You know, I've never skated on on a on the ice in a professional realm. I mean, I, I played ice hockey for eight years with my buddy here to my right, I got to like peewee uh, and I, I bailed out. But, um, but what do we, what do we have here as a common denominator golf? And that's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Anybody can play the sport, you know, old, young, doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. It's a sport that brings everybody together. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a, such a fun sport to play as well. Challenging, which is good, right? It gets your get your competitive nature, your your juices flowing, but uh, but anybody could do it, which is beautiful. Have you, when you were playing in the NHL, uh, have you ever had any games refed by Kerry Fraser? Oh yeah, yep. So we had old Kerry on here. He was our second episode, and he is well, he's a legend, but number one, but number two, he is a golf nut, golf nut. Yeah, so. I have I have heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, he. Uh, but you know he's not really well received here in Pittsburgh. I, I don't know why, but um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, hey, listen, I I think uh, if we can make something happen, yeah, we got with with, with my partner down to, here down to the beautiful state of West Virginia and uh-huh. let him see some mountains. Let's do it. And uh, be awesome. I'm sure we'll call, uh, we'll, call, we'll call your buddy Millsy up and uh, yeah, we'll get him down there. It'll be fun. Yeah, he uh, that's what he just texted me to when are we playing golf? So that would be fantastic to to have you down this way um yeah i'm i mean i'm in anything anything to play golf i'll do it let's do it yeah we we'll, well actually dude we should just take uh ryan up to nemecolon yeah so uh there's a five-star resort here in our backyard nemecolon uh two okay, pete yeah. die golf courses are you familiar with it i've heard of it before yep. yeah so we that, uh, yeah. they're a sponsor of the show so um we might need to Working, you coming uh, with JT and, and, and Trocheck all at the same time. Bring the wives and, and let's play some golf and, and chat golf. and yeah. yeah, do it. Sounds good. Let's plan it. Uh, let's get it going. We, uh, we have the tap-in segment. So, yeah, it's supposed to be a little fun part of the show where we just ask some random off-the-wall questions. And so uh, let's transition over to the, uh, the tap-in segment here with, with Jonathan uh, taking it over. All right, I'm just going to say a few words. You tell me what first comes to your mind. All right. Favorite golf course? Probably concessions in uh, mm. in Florida. 
that was played it uh I've only played it once but challenging and absolutely beautiful yeah i've heard i've heard that actually concession I've never, yeah i've never played it well no obviously i haven't but you know yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful course. They do the, they have the, uh, I don't know if they still do it. They have the NCAA tournaments there for for a while, uh, the finals. But, um, but yeah, absolutely beautiful course and very challenging. All right, favorite NHL moment? Um, probably beating the Rangers in Game Seven mm. on Garden Ice with Tampa in the conference finals. That's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. That's... Yeah, so I got traded, obviously, in the following year. We went to the conference finals, played them in game seven, you know, at the Garden, uh, where I grew, kind of grew up. So, right. um, you know, to get that win and go on to the Stanley Cup finals, that was a, that was yeah. a special moment when that game I had to stand on the ice, you know, just thinking about everything. Right. All right. I know JT mentioned Guinness, but what's your drink of choice? Drink of choice? Oh, um, you know, that, that's a tough one because I, I'm literally – I could go from wine to beer – to vodka, to tequila, I'm I'm all over the board. So I don't, uh, I'm not I'm not picky when it comes to my booth. <laughs> as long as it's wet, right? <laughs> exactly. It depends uh, on what I'm doing. You know, if I'm having a nice steak dinner, I'll go with wine. If yeah, you know, if I'm want to turn it up a bit, maybe a little tequila. But if I'm outside grilling, I need a beer. So. All right. Well, what about what about on the golf course? What what are you drinking on the golf course? There we go. Uh, I'm drinking beer usually. Okay. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely a beer on the course. Yeah, I've been on a transfusion kick. That was, oh boy, that was definitely a hockey player's response. <laughs> well, I like tequila, the wine, the vodka. <laughs> maybe the, beer. That's it. the boy, the boys whatever, can drink. Yeah, whatever you're throwing at me, I'll take it. That's it. All right, last one. What's in the bag? What's what are you playing in your golf bag? Uh, driver, three wood, wedges. Um, I'm, I got PXG, uh, PXG everything right uh-huh. now. Uh, I got got fitted by them a couple of years ago down in Florida, and, and I thought I've enjoyed them. So, from driver down to my wedges is is all PXG right now. They are, they've built a nice brand there, that's for sure. Their first driver was not good. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was hitting that thing like two ten. I'm like, what the hell is happening with my driver right now? I mean, they're hitting driver 170 yards past me. I'm like. <laughs> This thing is not that's right. Actually, that's actually one the one club in my bag. I've, I've debated switching a couple times now, so like I could be in the market. Yeah, well, I, I for me the t- Taylor made sim. Yes, I've been looking at so yeah, that's this, that's sim the move. Two is stupid good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, but and we'll talk about it again. It's the best. What are you gonna right, do? So maybe maybe you're swaying me. Maybe I need to go I switch think, it up. Uh-huh. Go to the pro shop right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, listen, man, I appreciate uh, you jumping on here and having a little 36-minute banner talk about golf and hockey and, you know, your charity and Olympics. I mean, you know, you had a lot of good good things in your career. You were chasing birdies, as we say. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck now as you, you know, potentially switch over to the next chapter of your career. Absolutely, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Enjoying myself. And uh, we'll set up a round of golf and – We'll chase some birdies, as you guys say. Yeah, we'll babe. get you all this way in uh, August or September, buddy. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Rod. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous, huh? It's awesome. I mean, that's my next T-shirt. Awesome. Everybody thought, makes fun of me for unbelievable. It was awesome. Yeah, we can't even sell one, one let alone two. 
Yeah. Unbelievable is the best selling t-shirt going. But anyways, enough of that. Ryan Callahan, thank you again, sir. We appreciate you. Go check out his foundation. Uh, it's really cool what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I know we're getting involved in some capacity in, in uh, donating for some. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking to his wife a little bit on that. But yeah, man. Again, the next interview. Yeah. Some of you ladies, some of you gents, watch it because of your ladies. But Southern Charm star Shep Rose Hello. is coming on next talking about, you know, fishing, surfing, golfing. And it's going to be a good one. So we're really excited to bring that to your ears. And again, guys, all through the end of September, you buy something on the site. You go into a drawing and come to Nemecolon to play golf with Ryan Bashauer and Jonathan Pepe. Oh, what a treat. I mean, if that doesn't get you going. I mean, you guys will laugh your ass off all day watching us play. And, and that's what it's about. Laugh at us. We love it. We love it. But no, seriously, yeah. Check out, check out that site, chasingbirdies.co. Get you some swag. Keep rolling some stuff out. Um, Shep Rose coming up next on Chasing Birdies. So I guess it's going to be on the 16th of September coming to you uh, on that date. So be sure to check it out. And we thank you again for listening. Mm-hmm. Chasing underscore birdies. Instagram, Chasing Birdies on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Chasingbirdies.co website. Go purchase something. Tell your friends about it. Yeah, tell your mom and grandma. subscribe, listen. Yep, do it. Thanks again, guys. Hey, guys, thank you all, and thank you all for Simpler Media for putting this thing together, and Rachel London for handling all of our social media needs. Ciao.